Welcome to Breakthrough Prayer Podcast with Pastor Camille Sophia. Thank you for joining us today. We hope it gives you a reason to know that the time for transformation is here, and that time is now. Here is Pastor Camille Sophia. I want you to, while you're standing, turn your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 1 to 10. By way of reverence in God, we're just going to ask you to stand as we read Jeremiah chapter 1, 1 to 10. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, the priest who were in Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm a youth for you shall go to all whom I send you and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth and the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. This is the word of God. We honor it by saying, Amen. Bow your heads, fathers. We're about to hear from you, God. Lord, we pray that we will have a receptive ear. And this word will not return void, but there will be an accomplishment in the house. Father, I pray that you will bind up, tie up, annihilate, destroy anything, God, that wants to intercept this word today. And we pray, God, that someone will be blessed by these words as I place everything in your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I want you to give my sermon title to your neighbor as you're sitting. Turn to your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, I know who I am. Come again. Neighbor, I know who I am. My way of introduction, the Greek word for purpose is prophesying, which is the setting forth of a thing. And it is generally translated in conjunction with the shoe bread. 
when I research the meaning of purpose from a theological perspective, the word shoebread was utilized to define its meaning. Then I ask myself the question, why would they use shoebread to define purpose? You see, shoebread is a biblical or Jewish con in a, sorry, shoebread in a biblical or Jewish context refers to the cakes or loaves of bread which was always present on a specially dedicated temple in Jerusalem as an offering to God. Therefore, a life of purpose means a life that is offered unto the Lord for his use and his purpose. You see, many people live their lives without finding their purpose and walking in it. To live a life without a purpose is to live a life that is not worth living because it is the walking in the purpose which gives life meaning. Many people, you see, uh, don't really grasp this concept. However, show me a person with a purpose and I'll show you a person with a fruitful life. You see, life has meaning and we are here to do great exploit. So we need to ask ourselves the question this afternoon, am I walking in my purpose? My God. Uh, but before we can go into the depth of the message by way of homiletic, homiletics, I want to talk about two things. Number one, the call of God. And number two, that God has a purpose for you. When you begin to examine the history of the text, the name Jeremiah means Yahweh exalts or Yahweh throws or Yahweh establishes or Yahweh loosens the room. You see, Jeremiah was called of God in his youth. He was about 13 to 17 years of age when God called him. And he was called from a family who experienced exile. And so Jeremiah had to deliver a message of judgment. And he had to deliver a very unwelcome message. You see, Jeremiah prophesied the judgment and he also experienced the judgment. Uh, Jeremiah devotedly served the God who called him, uh, but he experienced deep emotional conflict as God set before him one of the most difficult tasks that any prophet could do. You see, he suffered resistance uh, to his ministry and persecution by God's own people and he witnessed the downfall of Jerusalem and 
and the temple. You see, Jeremiah was proclaiming a message to a stiff, stiff naked group of people. Uh, the people by this time, you see, uh, were phony and they worship all different idols and their worship was polluted because during the time that Jeremiah had to prophesy they built a lot of high places and though they were God's chosen people good God almighty they were found worshiping idols and so Jeremiah had to bring a message to a stiff naked and wretched group of people in a time uh, when it was not uh, the greatest time period uh, for Israel. You see, he was known as the weeping prophet because of the difficult task called to prophesy in the time of despair. So therefore, in his moments of despair, we see Jeremiah lamenting and crying and pouring out his grief, weeping over his nation uh, and also for himself. Uh, Jeremiah, you see, had to wear a yoke around his neck and he was persecuted and imprisoned throughout and thrown sorry into a dungeon and when you begin to examine all of this many will evaluate it differently according to the modernists they would have concluded that Jeremiah is a loser According to the young people, their lingo would say that Jeremiah is soft. The psychologist would say that he had some internal issues and maybe he was traumatized in his youth and therefore it is affecting his behavior. The modernists would have evaluated Jeremiah as a failure. But I came to tell somebody that God's standard is different from man's standard. Because God looks at the heart, but man looks at the outward appearance. And anytime you come into the office to serve God, you got to expect that people will chew you up and they will spew you out and they will say all the manner of evil against you. So I come by to tell somebody, you got to know who you are. position of how men saw Jeremiah and then you look at the way God sees him you get two different viewpoints because Jeremiah in spite of the differences in spite of what was happening he was faithful 
unto the end. You see, we're living in an era which faithfulness has been thrown out. Good God Almighty, faithfulness in the kingdom is not the same again. I'm from a place in Jamaica where I'm used to see the mothers of Zion comes what may. Hell or high water, you can count on them that they're gonna be in church. They're gonna keep it. No matter what is happening in church, you can count on the mothers of Zion because they're gonna show up and they're gonna show out because they understand their faithfulness. Adonai Ministries, do I have anybody under the sound of my voice who understand faithfulness in this era? You see, some of you don't stick long enough with nothing. That's why you don't have nothing. Because as soon as you see that it's not going the right way, you give up on it. But I come back to tell you that the Bible says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as an eagle. They shall walk and not be weary. They shall run and not faint. The problem we have in Christendom is that many people don't know how to wait. They don't know how to undergird themselves and say, yes, it's your time. It's your turn. But it's not my time. Not my turn yet. But I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait on my time. My turn. But I'm going to cheer you on. I'm going to bless you when it's your time. Your turn. Faithful, faithful, faithful. When I started our ministry with my husband, can I give you a little bit deeper for faithfulness? And I started, it was one of the hardest period in my life. I was still living in a two-bedroom apartment and I just started my mortgage business. And when I just started, nothing was happening for me. I used to go to Yorkdale and hand out tracks, not tracks, and mortgage, mortgage flyer to get persons to call me for my business. Can I tell you in year one, I only made $5,000 for the year. Ah, but I was still doing church. I was still evangelizing. I was still sitting up and typing up things for the church to put the church together. And I said, God, everybody around me is blessed. What about me? One day I went into four winds with my flyers and I began to cry. I said, God, when are you going to bless me? Don't let the wicked laugh at me. God, I am faithful to the kingdom. Remember me. Oh, glory be to God. While I was doing all of that, 
God was getting ready for a shift. But some of you don't know the secret of kingdom. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. All is righteousness. Everything shall be added. Some of you broke your neck for work, but you'll only get a paycheck. Can I tell you that the amount of ideas God has given me to gain wealth, it surpassed my mind, my human comprehension. Because wealth is not about working hard. God says he gives you dunamis power. It's an idea. It's an idea. Rich people have an idea. They don't kill themselves on 12-hour jobs. Working like a slave. I am no longer a slave in the earth realm. I'm the king's kid. I know who I am. And I'm going to be faithful to the end. Nine, Malachi is 19. And when I look at the goodness of God, I said if church people only get it, I see some of you kill yourself, but good God, seek ye first the kingdom. Anything you can find in the kingdom, find it and do it. Because God is not a man that he should lie. And our economy does not work like the world's economy. Let your friend broke them neck and kill themselves. But you must relax and money must come to you. For surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of God forever and ever. Blessings must run me down. Once I remain faithful, it must run me down. It must locate me. I won't even bother to stop and give you a testimony how I bought, how we bought the house in Brampton. It's not because we had money. It's because of being faithful in the kingdom and having faith. And I thank God the house was bought when the church never had no money because people would think it's tithes and offering. But when I bought that house, not one dollar from other nine ministries was used to buy that house because that's the God we serve. He just make us look for it in a book. And he says, you don't have no money, but act like you have money and start going after it. Can I tell you that every time the $10,000 check come due, God don't load the money in my bank account. When the church, when you go back and check the tithe and the offering, this church was not even bringing in a thousand dollars in the school. Yes, yes. And on top of it, Bishop McKenzie said God told him not to take any honorarium. So some of you don't know what is happening. So for two years, we worked schoolroom and didn't take a penny. God said don't take no money. Sometimes when hunger was killing us, I said you sure you heard God? He said yes, we're not gonna take a penny. So don't think that we come into ministry for money. It's because of the love of God. He was faithful. 
doesn't matter what betides, you must be faithful to the end. Faithful when you're sick, faithful when you're broke, faithful when you know you don't have it, when you have no food on your table, you must remain faithful. I sat over there and I remember this morning when I woke up for the message. I woke up at five o'clock and then I fell back asleep at six o'clock and in my vision, I got a vision from the Lord and he says, judgment is coming. I look at the church and I said, what if the coronavirus take another spin? Good God Almighty, in the fall, where is the church, the foot soldiers? Can I tell you something? My husband was telling me about a big church. Even though the doors were open and you can take 30% in capacity, there was hardly anybody there. And I sat there today and when I stood up, I started to cry in my heart. I said, God, I will do anything in the world to make these people love you, but I don't know how to make them love you. God, let them love you. All I sat there was worshiping. I said, God, let your people love you like they're losing their minds. when you love somebody you're faithful to the end when things go out uh, out of kilter good God almighty you're faithful to the end when you love you make a covenant and your covenant said through sickness health through death do us part God is a covenant keeping God you made a covenant when you got baptized when you give your heart to God you're a member responsibilities you must evangelize you must pay your tithe you must live God faithfulness the church needs faithful people faithful I was talking to one of my friends she's from a different country and she said she said the problem we were doing another thing Ah, a little thing that we get into where you get some money. And some people came in and it wasn't working all that good. And they said they want back their money. And this lady, she said to me, ah, God is going to provide because I got a prophetic word from the Lord. And the other day she called me. She says, I got 56 people for it. You know what she said to me? She said, the problem with this generation, they don't stick with nothing. They, as soon as it look like it's gonna dip, they give up and they walk away. The man was digging for diamonds and he dug and he dug and he got frustrated and he gave up and he walked away from it. And another man came and asked the question, was digging here what were they digging for the man says they said diamond is down there but he didn't find none the man says I'm gonna start digging one diggy dig and there was it the shiny diamond come forth God is testing some of you to see your faithfulness that's why you don't have nothing because you're not faithful to the end but no matter what Satan bring on he wants to say Devil, I'm gonna stand resolute. I'm 
going harder and going deeper. You're going to have to kill me in this. You're going to have to kill me in this. Not going to give up. Not going to give in. I'm going to preach until there's no breath in my body. I'll do ministry until I die. No demon. No devil. No wickedness. No ex. No obia. No incantation. No voodoo. You have got tired to see me fierce. But you can't get me out of the race. This is Adonai Ministries. We come in the earth with a purpose. To do exploit. In Jane and Finch. Toronto, Canada. International. We come in the name of the Lord. We come. Saddle yourself, fasten, fasten yourself to the cause. Makoso, fasten yourself, fasten yourself, gird up yourself, and says, I'm gonna move it, I'm gonna move the vision, I'm gonna move the vision, I'm gonna get busy. He was faithful, he was unstoppable, and he surrendered to God's will. When you are called by the Almighty God, you gotta surrender. You see, many of you don't understand surrender. When you surrender to something, you give up your will. Your will. You say, Lord Jesus, let thy will be done. How many know that sometimes when thy will to be done, the flesh can't take it. And you say, God, you swore this is thy will because I don't think I can take no more of that. And it's okay because when Jesus time came and he saw the cross and there was much ignominy and shame and disgrace and not only that he was whipped, beaten and his body couldn't take the pain and the suffering. He looked to heaven. He said, Father, let this cup be passed from me. Not my will, but let thy will. When the devil come out of eye to mess you up in your battle, mess you up in your warfare, just say, God, it's not easy, but let your will be done. Let your will be done. Let your will be done. Yeah, 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 yeah. Demons on every side, but let your will be done. Sicknesses, but let your will be done. All different kind of issues, but let your will be done. Let your will be done. Let your will, not my will, but let your will. It's about your will. The pain can't stop your will. The sickness can't stop your will. Nothing can stop your will. Oh, Rabba Shekosa. 
of the earth 
heart, God says, I'm going to design all of you a certain way because you're going to be a part of a church called Adonai Ministries and the church is going to go through a lot of warfare and in order for the church to survive the warfare, you can't get no wishy-washy Christian, but I'm going to build some trailblazers. I'm going to build some warfare demon chasing anointed appointed powerful people that when the warfare come they're going to get together they're going to say not their devil not this church not this time not this pastor not these people you are built for your level don't make the devil tell you anything but say, neighbor, I'm built for this devil, for this lever. Oh yes, and for this devil. I am built for this lever. I am built for my lever. I am built for my lever. Don't watch me, I'm built for my lever. You don't know me when I was walking on the backside of the mountain in St. Anne, Jamaica, when the sun was beating on me and I was having a conversation with God. I had my relationship from them. When the devil tried to take me out and the car spin over and was going for a precipice, but God said, not there. She has to go to Canada. There's a church in her purpose and you can't touch her. Makashatalabaya. Built for your liver. You're built for your liver. Get up from under your juniper tree. Shake off yourself. Arise with power. And says, it's in me. I got the power. I got the power, I got the power for this liver, my God, I got the power. How you know that he's built, Jeremiah is built for the liver. Let me give you a little bit of history and I'm going to close. Jeremiah was called to prophesy in three generations. Uh, that's why you have the first three verses here. He was called to prophesy during the reign of Josiah. Josiah went to the throne at eight years of age. Then when Josiah died, he had to prophesy during the period of Jehoiakim. Then when Jehoiakim died, he had to prophesy during the period of Zedekiah. He's prophesying in a period when they were exiled. Exile means they're taken away from their home country and they were now living with the Babylonians. That's where you get Daniel. When Daniel came forth, the reason why, you see Daniel, they didn't eat what the others ate. Glory be to God. Because they were unpicked for God 
and they don't eat the food of the Babylonians. They were in exile and God proved himself and said they are eating their luscious food and you're only eating uh, my daughter call it rabbit food uh, just veggies and water and they look better than them because they were in the period of the exile and now Jeremiah is prophesying to a people who forsook God a people who now practicing idolatry outright they don't know themselves so they built all different kinds of high places and they bowed to the god of Chemos and Ashtoreth even though God took them from Egypt and fed them in the wilderness and always defended them they took it for granted they took it for granted and Jeremiah had to bring a message to a rebellious and stiff naked and wicked people they argued with God kind of what we're seeing happening now they charge God they say God you cause us to build the high places you cause us to be in this position they didn't look within themselves and say God I have sinned that's the era we're in now I tell you God is coming soon I've seen some people rise up even now when you give persons a prophetic word they tell you to your face that God didn't tell you that this is the era we're in there's no fear of God there's no reverence you do everything that your sinful friend does everything you want to be in everything they cut piece of their bum you cut piece of your bum they put up breasts you put up breasts everything they do you follow them you follow the world you follow the world system if, if they come to fight you take off earrings and shoes and everything and you're ready to fight ah, because you don't respect the anointing there's no reverence same thing happening in Israel is the same thing happening in the church but let every man work out his salvation with fear and with trembling I hope we're not waiting for a worse sign because if coronavirus wasn't a sign don't wait till your family start dying you gotta remember how you gotta watch and see it's the hand of God 
moving in the earth realm trying to get man's attention for the second coming but if death don't fear man I come to tell you nothing will fear this generation people dying like fly in certain country and nobody many people are not even moved people dying death is walking <laughs> and the church goes on a holiday church is on holiday a vacation because we don't know what time it is but you gotta make your calling an election sure you will remember this message because God is coming soon the second coming is coming and it's not time to get ready it's time to be ready Zion awake Awake and trim your lamps. Zion, awake. Arise. It's not taking time. Good God Almighty. He says we shall not all sleep. We shall be changed in the twinkling of an eye. This corruptible will put on incorruptible. And this mortal will put on immortality. Where's your sting? Grave! Where's your victory? For when the trumpet of the Lord shall sound, the dead in Christ shall rise. God is coming back. Know who you are. You're the king's kid. You're royal priesthood. Position yourself for heaven. It's your time to rise, shine, give God the glory. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Lift up your voices. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. Give God the glory. Give him the honor. Give him the praise. Lift up your voice like a trumpet in Zion and says, I know who I am. I know who I am. I'm heaven bound. you are even in the midst of your adversity don't allow anything to shift you or to change in my introduction I told you that 
purpose is, is defined as a shoebread. And a shoebread is always in the temple being offered up to God for a purpose and for a reason. Every person under the sound of my voice have a great purpose and a great exploit. Haraba, find your purpose in the kingdom and run with it because your purpose is where your contentment is. Your purpose is where your joy is. Your purpose is where your wealth is. Find your purpose and live in your Thanks for listening. Our mission here is simple, to bring you the saving love of Jesus Christ through salvation. We hope you'd subscribe and share this podcast so you can receive the latest podcast in your daily victorious Christian walk with God. We also invite you to visit our website, www.adonaiministries.ca to know more about us. You can also follow us on social media to join our live services online to stay connected. Worship with us this Sunday at Adonai Ministries Toronto, located at 1111 Finch Avenue West, Unit 34, Toronto, Canada. We'd love to pray with you today. Simply call plus one 647 882 9708 right now. We love to appreciate your financial support and donations. It keeps the ministry going. We're praying for you. Adonai Ministries, transforming lives for the kingdom of God.